Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, everybody out there in podcast land. You are in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza, and I'm really excited about our guest today. Uh, she is the author of How to Write Heartfelt Letters to Treasure. She is a gratitude letter expert. What does that mean in today's world? Because for most part, for the most part, uh, we have spoken words, we have texts, we have emails, but those are fleeting. And a gratitude letter is tangible and long lasting. And it can be world changing to the recipient. It's saved and it can be savored every time it's read. And it can even become a part of family legacy, which I really love because those that know me know I am deep in the trenches of doing genealogy research. And to find heartfelt letters that people have written to their loved ones in the past, it's a, it's a gem. It's huge. And why should they have all the fun? So I think in speaking with our author today, we're going to learn ways that we can have meaningful letters of appreciation as well. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome the award-winning author, Lynette Smith, to the podcast. Welcome on that. Well, hi, Hamza. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think first thing first to talk, uh, to be topical, when we talk about letters of appreciation and heartfelt letters, uh, first of all, for those listening, I received a letter from Lynette, and usually, you know, like most, we stand over the trash can and, and put out the junk mail, but I get this letter, handwritten, and it was heartfelt, and I felt really good about just reading it. Like, I got a letter in the mail, and I think it's a lost art. And that's why I'm really happy to have you on to talk about how we can kind of bring something from the past and make it present, make it cool, so that everyone can benefit from it. It's absolutely present, and it's absolutely cool. People have forgotten, and that's why it has become a lost art with all the technology. They've forgotten they can sit down with a pen and a piece of paper, or God forbid, a keyboard and a computer, <laughs> and and it's okay. Not God forbid. I mean, really and truly, it's okay to compose on a computer. Just hand sign the darn thing. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, when you stop and you get quiet, and you put your thoughts together about this other person and what you're grateful to them for, and you start writing it down, it's so much better than these other little fleeting ways. You know, you mentioned texts and, and you know, passing comments and things like that. Even an email, it, it can be heartfelt in an email, but the problem with an email in expressing your gratitude is that that letter that email letter gets buried deeper and deeper and deeper into the inbox. And then someday there, it, it may be either misplaced or there's a computer crash or something and you've lost that history. If you get something tangible instead, you're much more likely to have it over time. And it's so cool because you can read it. Every time you read that letter that you receive from someone that says they were grateful to you for something, it makes you feel just as good as the first time. And that is awesome. That is awesome, really. Mm -hmm. 
I'm a big technology fan, and so yeah, of course, the emails, texts, and all, all the above. But I think looking back, if if we can, I think it's a little scary when we use Gmail and some of these other email providers because the AI is actually finishing the letter for you. And so when you're receiving this letter, do you know better than I do? Like how heartfelt? How heartfelt is the AI? I, I recommend not dictating to your email for this purpose. So many words can be wrong. <laughs> you end up with that and, and you didn't pay attention. You just thought, oh, good, that's over with. And then it gets sent and then later you look at it and go, uh-oh, uh-oh, that's not what I meant to say. <laughs> Much better to do it yourself the first time, even if you type slow or you write slow. And it's okay to do a first draft. Um, I don't know what the uh, what the rules are here, but um, if if you're doing a first draft of something, you should just get it out. Pretend you're sitting across the table from this person and just as if you're speaking to them and just get it out and don't stop to edit what you're writing. Just just pound it out. It what in the uh, business of business of writing, people write books. And they get their first draft, whether it's handwritten or on the computer, but that's the same advice they have to follow is just get it out. Don't stop to edit. And that first draft is nicknamed the SFD, the shitty first draft. (laughs) (laughs) And it's okay. You just have to get it out. Then go back and refine. It's Mm. okay. So. I really like that because the SFD is not taken into consideration when you're using the online platforms, right? Like I didn't mean to say it, or it could be a certain time of the night. Uh, <laughs> like yeah. Early in the morning, right? Where you probably had some spirits a couple hours yes. before some libations and now you're going to get on social media and then oh, you're regretting it the next day. <laughs> <laughs> always do the SFD. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> Now, I, I like the conversation because it, to, if someone's thinking, I don't have time to write a letter, and, oh, that's for when I retire, or, you know, it's always something you put off, and that's what I meant as far as making it cool, how can you? How can someone make time, even during a pandemic, right, where we're supposed to be sitting on our hands for the most part, people are still mm-hmm. super busy, so how do you craft or make some time out of your day to get started in writing a gratitude letter? Well, the first thing is to think of the person you're writing to and, and decide in your mind that person is worth your time. Mm. Because if you do that, then the rest follows. They become a priority and you make time. And it doesn't, I've got to tell you truly, it does not take that much time. You create the SFD, which is just as fast as you can get it on paper or in a file on the computer. Then you let it sit for 24 hours. And then you go back and go, okay, let me fine-tune this little thing. It might take you half an hour. It might take you 45 minutes. Oh, my God, it might even take a whole hour (gasps) for that person who you're so grateful to. Do you think you can spare it? Really? Yes, you can. And you talked about, uh, oh, I'll do that later, I'll do that later. Well, guess what? If you're writing to an older person, let's say they're, you know, in hospice and they're not going to be here on this earth much longer. 
you don't you can't do that later. You've got mm-hmm. to do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the other takeaway from that is not necessarily their age. Uh, with everything going on with the pandemic, we we've lost some major people this year, and Indeed. which is a total understatement, but the people that have surprised us, right? Like we thought they mm-hmm. would see them forever. So it's no guarantee that you'll see that person tomorrow. And by putting it off, you may miss that opportunity to reach that person. That's right. Now there are, you know, we could have a conversation about what if it is too late in the sense that they have died and you can still do something that's healing rather than living in regret and going, Oh no, you know, uh, because you can still write a letter after the fact, but it's way better if you can write it before and then find a way to get it into that person's hands. Because, you know, so many people, and, and again, we're not talking necessarily about old age and on their deathbeds. We're talking about so many people wonder, have I made a difference? They try very hard on this earth to do what they think is right and to try to help other people. And those other people might've said, why, thank you, you know, and that's it. And that comment is forgotten over time. And after a while they're thinking, Oh my gosh, you know, I've, I've really tried hard, but I don't know if I've made that much of a difference. And if they have evidence in their hand that somebody, you know, they created this letter for them that said, these are all the ways you've made a difference in my life or in the lives of others, you know, let's say a major community worker or something like that, someone active in their church or synagogue, um, or temple. It's, it's, there's so many people who've made a big difference, but they don't recognize that they have. And as it gets to be towards the end of their life someday, and it could be decades away, nevertheless, if they feel affirmed, if they feel that they have made that difference, they can feel that their lives were worthwhile. Mm. And you can feel that way all the way through your life once you get one of these letters or you know, once you have this, this affirmation that you can read over and over again to remind yourself you did make a difference and it was a good one. That's what these gratitude letters are all about. So are you also saying, Lynette, that some of us are going to live until we're 120 because we're waiting for this letter and I can't pass on until I receive a letter from somebody? (laughs) You don't wait to receive before you give. That's not the way the world works. You give. Um, As a matter of fact, that, that whole thing of tithing or, you know, you give and then you receive tenfold, mm-hmm. <laughs> it kind of turns it around in a, in a sort of a humorous way. You say, well, people who are these, you know, constant givers, they, they're tuned into that rule. Maybe they're very, really very selfish because they want to receive so much that they give a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And they're not. They're not. But they understand this, this rule of the universe that, you know, you give and it comes back to you in many ways tenfold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a great way to do your life. You know, you know, instead of just living in a space of lack and thinking, I don't have enough, enough, I can't afford this, I can't do that, I don't have the time to. Instead of living in a space of lack, you live in a space of abundance and say, I have this that I can give and I can write that letter which we'll be giving and I can do this thing for this organization or this individual and that will be giving and that will help bring meaning to my own life. 
And I believe as a, you know, intrinsic motivation from a homie's perspective, when you talk about living in abundance, that is in essence living in a, a space of gratitude, because if you're having a space of gratitude, that would increase the abundance. They kind of coexist. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's not a darn thing wrong with getting all that positive juice floating around in the universe, is there? Mm, not, at all. Grat- not at all. Gratitude, kindness, forgiveness. Put that stuff out there. It's great. Mm. It's great. And you can change the whole balance of the way the world can be sometimes when you change that focus to the positive things. Yeah, I'm thinking for my fellow gentlemen out there, our lady friends would really appreciate that. Like, he actually spent time to write a letter. Like, I think that may take the relationship to the next level. If the other guys aren't doing it out there, they may be jealous because she's going to share that you've been writing letters to her and all the girlfriends are going to put the pressure on their men. It's true. It's true. But, of course, don't write that letter unless you're really serious about the relationship. (laughs) Oh, shit. <laughs> Don't be a hypocrite. <laughs> so, I can't put emojis in this heartfelt letter. <laughs> oh, well, no. You've got to write those emojis out. <laughs> no shortcuts. Well, let, let's back up for a second because I'm, you know, becoming a, a gratitude letter expert, how does that happen? How did you sit at your desk and decide to write how to write a heartfelt letters to treasure. What was the impetus for it? I received one. It was on November 22nd, 2008, the night before my son was going to get married and it was the rehearsal dinner and he and his bride to be each presented framed heartfelt letters of appreciation to their respective parents we were floored and, and they had their best man and maid of honor read them aloud because they knew they'd break down and cry if they tried. And it was so cool. Uh, our, our son's letter did talk first of all about growing up in the family and what it was like and some of the things he treasured about that. Then he, then he talked about the, the qualities that he most appreciated about his dad and then the qualities he most appreciated about me. And then he talked about um, the values he had learned growing up that he planned to bring to his marriage. And when they, these letters were read aloud, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. Mm-hmm. And he, today, that letter holds a place of honor, still framed in our home. And I can tell you that even today, what, 12 years later, mm-hmm. when I read that letter, my eyes well up, my hand automatically moves to my heart, and I just go, oh, still, still. And even when I talk about it, like right now, my eyes are welling up, my hand's moving to my heart. This, this is the thing, this is the gift that keeps on giving. It truly is. Mm-hmm. And I will never have to doubt or try to remember why somebody thought I made a positive difference in their life. Mm-hmm. And neither will my husband, because we've got this affirmation right there that he says we were pretty cool parents, and here's why. And here's what he's going to bring to his marriage, thanks to us. Wow. I, I love it. And as a guy listening, or for the guys listening, they're think, or they may not be thinking, but I'm thinking, did your son's wife put him up to writing these letters? Was it her idea? How did that come about? 
let me set you straight on that. That was my son's idea. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) He brought it up to her. And she went, oh, yeah, I guess that'd be cool. Let's do that. (laughs) So, I mean, I wasn't there for the conversation, but he did tell me that that was his idea. Nice. And that, that he presented it to her. Now, understand, he's a thoughtful guy. And also understand, he's the son of a, a person who already has had a strong focus on words because I'm a professional copy editor and proofreader of books. And so he's grown up around this ethic where he's seen that I've been focused on words. So I'm sure that was part of his impetus for coming up with the idea. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, it was the words, huh? Let's put something down in writing, huh? Let's make it a letter, huh? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and and so, yeah, amazingly, he was the one. And I'm so extra proud of him for having had the sensitivity to come up with that idea. Oh, I, I love it. And I'm just wondering, in 2008, that probably set a precedent. And so I'm just wondering if that is now a part of marriage tradition in your family. He can't be the only shining star does everyone is that now part of every marriage ceremony well he's the only only offspring we have so in this family uh he's it (laughs) he's it but the fact is that this thought got me going on his thoughtfulness got me thinking if this made such a difference here it could make a such a big difference to so many other couples and the parents and so on. And then after a while, I thought, well, um, you know, maybe I could write a book about writing all kinds of heartfelt letters of appreciation. And that finally did come to fruition in August of 2012. Do you want the woo-woo story behind that or not? I love woo-woo. Go ahead and go for it. All right. Well, it was... November of 2011, and I was meeting with a business friend, and she was showing me, I was one of several sets of hands for her study in hand analysis, uh, and she was doing a follow-up appointment to explain to me, you know, what the fingerprints meant and the, the palm prints meant and things like that. And she she said, well, everything that's going on in your left hand, you know, with the palm and the various fingers is, you know, nicely well-balanced. You know, it, this all was tying into life purpose. That was the deal with these these hand readings and hand analysis. And then she said, on your right hand, you know, the palm is good and all these other fingers are good. Your thumb is good, but your index finger has an issue. And I said, oh, yeah, what's that? And she described it, and I'm, I don't remember her wording, but in so many nice words, she told me I was a professional fence sitter. And I would go gung-ho on a goal, and then just when it was time to take that final step, I'd freeze because I knew that the result would be either big change or big failure or big success, but no matter what, big change, and I think I was afraid of change. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, Louise, you are so right. You know, there's a couple of things going on in my life right now that that fits. And I've long since forgotten what the other one was. But I said, you know, I've never said this aloud to anybody in all of this time. But I've been wondering whether I should write a book about writing all types of letters of appreciation. And as soon as I said that aloud, and, and since I never said it to anybody before, not even my husband, it was the first time the words came out of the mouth. And they had power. And here came the voice of intuition into my head, calmly saying, your book will be published by August 15th. Hmm. What? Wait, 
And I said, Louise, guess what I just heard? Because she's another spiritual person like I am. I said, I got a, not only an answer, but a deadline. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I recognized this with the good voice. And I said, all right, let's do this thing. And I wrote about doing it. And within the next two weeks, I had worked up kind of like an elaborate table of contents, which was my outline for what I was going to cover. One morning, I was brushing my teeth and just, oh, I don't have to brush up, brush up, brush up, you know. And all of a sudden, here comes this voice again. Mm-hmm. And it says, how to write heartfelt letters to treasure for special occasions and occasions made special. And I went, Oh, 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 and I spit out the toothpaste real quick, and I went and grabbed a scratch paper, and I wrote down that title, because I had not come up with a title. That wasn't a high priority at that stage, and it sounded like it had great possibilities. So I, I wrote it down, and I ran it by a few people who knew what they were doing, and they said, well, it's long, but it's descriptive. It's good. Keep it. So that's how I got the title for the book. <laughs> nice. I, I, I'm a big fan of surfing. I love, I'm still a, more of a foam board person, which uh-huh. is a quote for the, all the tourists that come to town. But I do love when you're able to ride a wave. And it seems like when you are in sync with the universe, which it sounds like you were at that moment, oh, yes. that wave is just so much fun to ride. And it's also interesting to watch the surfing culture because it's all ages and you'll see the pros that you're just sitting out there on the water waiting. And it's like, there's, they're not trying to force the wave because there's no, no natural wave. What can you do about that? (laughs) Hey wave, would you move it just a little to the left for me? Yeah, that's right. Good. (laughs) So I like the alignment and I do want to, before moving off from it, it sounds like that palm reading was really instrumental in the other side of that. I know that there's also hand reading interpretation from your handwriting yeah, and all it was that. More that, not not just palm reading. This was hand analysis. They called it, and it it was for the purpose of life purpose, wow. determining life purpose. Wow. Okay. Now I I love that because it sounds like before you had it, right? We we have everything in us, as we're told. But this came out to you in a way that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Correct. Correct. And I just love the way the universe works that way because I, I, you know, day to day, I just, you know, I could tell you stories, but you'd have to have a three-hour interview here. <laughs> there are other ways where, where it's come to light that things are just, you know, you know when you're on the path because things are put being placed in, in your path that are for your best purposes and your best best development and so on and or for the sake of the world you just never know this thing became a life purpose to get people to write gratitude letters heartfelt letters of appreciation so they could establish enhance and even rebuild their relationships and in that way change their world now that's a life purpose Absolutely. And and you didn't know this, but and uh, uh, what I want to share is that, you know, there was a lot going on with my business that day and it was raining and all this, whatever. And mm-hmm. I opened the mail. I'm like, okay, you know, part of the routine or whatever. And I, this handwritten letter just totally changed the vibration I was feeling at that time. And yep. it, it's like you're saying, it's like, you don't, you have no idea how it's going to impact that person. It's just the fact that you put it out there to the universe from your feelings and that's what makes it heartfelt yes 
Absolutely. It's it's not a stupid business letter, although business letters have their purpose. But no, it's heartfelt. It's my heart to your heart. And it, it communicates on that level. And that makes it re- makes both of us, if you want to get woo-woo again, vibrate at a higher frequency. Mm-hmm. You know, the love, the gratitude, the kindness, the forgiveness, all of that is the higher frequency vibrations. It's not like down there where fear and hatred are. Right. Well, Which, by the way, are synonymous, but that's another story. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, let's put, let's turn it on its ear, if you will, because in this this year there's been a lot of upheaval, and you had mentioned a business letter. So in the business world, right, that's been under a lot of upheaval, and there may have been relationships, work relationships that you've had with your coworkers for years. And now you're you're not going to see them anymore. Maybe the office closed. How important is it to write a heartfelt letter to a coworker, or is that even possible? It's absolutely possible, probable, and doable. Uh, no question about it. And of course, with the with the social isolation thing going on and a lot of uh, remote working going on, the, I'm going to describe a project to you that normally is geared for a workplace in a team environment, but it occurs to me that it could still work with the isolation going on, and it's called Turn Your, turn your Workplace into a Think Tank, mm. because you can uh, have the person in charge of the department, or not even, not the supervisor, but the administrative assistant, send out a little uh, request that each of the team members to provide two or three words to describe the each of the other team members. Positive words, always positive. And then that administrist gathers all of those together and creates what's called a word cloud out of them. Have you ever heard of a word cloud? Oh, I have, but for the audience, that would be yeah, excellent. I'll explain it, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure, that's when you have an arrangement of words artfully placed in a, in uh, to make like a little poster or something. So some words are bigger than others, and you might have the person's name right in the middle or near the middle, and then you might have some words that are sideways and them that are right side up, and, and they're different words to describe that person. So the admin assist goes to a website such as wordle.net, W-O-R-D-L-E.net, and plugs in the words that were used to describe a particular team member, plugs in the team member's name. And the little trick here, by the way, is to put the team member's name in three times in the box they provide. Because the more times you see the same words, the bigger the print becomes. Mm-hmm. And then if, if more than one team member described this one individual in the same wording, uh, put those words in twice. So they'll be the middle size print. And then all the other words, put them in, in the regular, just enter them once. And then click a button and it creates a word cloud, an artful arrangement of these words. If you don't like it, click it again and it does another arrangement. And you, so on until it's what you want. Then you say, now print it or get, take a screenshot or whatever you need to do at that point. And it is so neat for each of those team members then to have that poster to call their own, to put up in their workspace and to feel affirmed and special every day. 
And if it's in the team environment rather than the isolated environment, you've got those in the cubicles or whatever, they become a topic of conversation and in a way of bonding these team members together. Mm -hmm. So that's what I call turning your workplace into a think tank. I love it. I love it. Um, Also thinking about generations ago where you a person could work at one company for 30 plus years and get the gold watch and in today's time that doesn't happen more so than ever and once upon a time i used to have uh, what we call a brag book where all your reviews and letters were thing and things were there and it seems like if you're getting this from your 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 co-workers and they like you and what have you and for whatever uh, scenario you're no longer working there, it may behoove you to have something like this to share with your future employer. Absolutely true. Absolutely. And by the way, when the when the coworker writes the letter to you, it's also smart of the coworker to go ahead and provide a copy of it to human resources to put in your file. Mm-hmm. And, and that's that's really important too. And, and you know, coworkers can write to one another. They can write to their supervisor and say what a great supervisor. Not just before review time. Just <laughs> Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. Uh huh. Uh huh. What what really weird is if you think that the head of your company is such a trailblazer and such a figure in the business world and in the world of, let's say, volunteering for one thing or another, there's nothing wrong with writing to the head head guy and mm-hmm. saying, I so admire you for this and that and the other. Mm-hmm. And there's anytime you feel gratitude, it's okay to write a letter. There's nothing wrong with it. And people you know, especially in the workplace, they just don't get letters like that. Right. And when they get them, they're going, oh, Wow. Wow. I, I've made a difference. Yay. You know? And and so this is, this is just, you know, mind bending and life changing and workplace changing to get this gratitude out there more than why didn't you do better on that stupid project? You know, you don't need to grouse. You can focus on the positive Mm. and uh, that changes the flavor of everything. Now, with your immediate work environment, that sounds great and ideal, but it also leads to opening up to leaders of the industry or potentially looking for a mentor. In the sense of you saying looking for a mentor or acknowledging a mentor? What? Uh, yeah, it could be both because uh, if you're C-level, right, they're so busy or what have you, and everyone's oh. fighting oh. for their attention. Isn't that a differentiator? It is. It is. I, I, I now understand your point. Absolutely. I mean, I, we don't want to call it a kiss ass. You're not really trying to do that. You're just simply trying to acknowledge someone who's done a good job. Mm-hmm. And if indeed that happens to be an outcome that they go, wow, let me take you to lunch. I want to talk to you. You know, this is great. Thank you so much for the letter. And then you end up developing a mentor relationship and you may be indeed shepherded through the system. Who knows? But you don't want to be uh, insincere when you write this letter. You still, it's still got to come from your heart, not mm-hmm. to say, I think I can get some advancement if I do this. Mm-hmm. No, that should not be the motivation. Mm-hmm. Or you might as well just throw it away. Make it heartfelt. 
Because put it this way, if your C-level person you're thinking of has done such a great job that you admire them and you're simply telling them that, don't have expectations beyond that. Just tell them. Then mm-hmm. let things unfold how they unfold. Mm-hmm. But your, your letter is coming from your heart, not from your pocketbook or your hope for advancement. Sure. So I want to ask about Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson has a, a very popular song called Man in the Mirror. So when we're talking about gratitude letters and heartfelt letters, what about composing one of these such letters to the man in the mirror? You could. And it's good to acknowledge yourself and the good things about yourself and your life. And you do need self-esteem. So if you're lacking in self-esteem, I think that's a good idea to start figuring out what it is that's good about yourself and writing to yourself and reminding yourself about those good qualities. But if you're already, you know, very self-assured and so forth, I wouldn't bother. (laughs) 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 Because why? You already know it. Yeah, I'm just thinking about 2020 and just in my conversations with people, there's a lot of flux. And so sometimes there, you have a lot going on for you, but there needs to be a reminder. And if you're constantly looking for that accolade outside of yourself, I was just thinking you don't necessarily have to write yourself a letter, but in this vein of gratitude letters, uh, you can... you the world opens up for you when we, like you talked about abundance and having that gratitude. So if you're appreciative of everything around you from the the person that bags your groceries or just the little things in life, it sure. seems like it would go a long way. It absolutely would and does. And they, they just, you know, when you say thank you to the person who bags your groceries and you say something like, I know you work really hard at your job and you're out there in the public at this difficult time and you're taking chances and I want to acknowledge you for, for having done that and we appreciate you and what you do. They, they'll probably break down and cry. <laughs> you know, because that goes through their, their minds every day. My son works for the public at AutoZone and each day... He reports to work, he wears that face mask all day long, and he sees public day in and day out. He comes home, he strips off his clothes and puts them in the washing machine, and he immediately takes a shower and gets himself cleaned up and sterile, I mean, to the extent of being clean. And only then is his family allowed to approach him and say, here, Daddy, here's a kisses and hugs and so forth. He can't do that till he's cleaned himself up. Mm. He's chosen to make that sacrifice every day. And that's that's quite important. And that's behind the scenes, you know? Mm-hmm. He's got to get this done to protect his family. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people working with the public right now that are having to take similar measures. And, or they're smart if they do. And... We just kind of all take it for granted. Oh, good. We can finally get over to AutoZone. <laughs> or we can right. finally go to the grocery store. Or finally go to a restaurant. But you've got these workers that have to wear the masks, and they, they're meeting the public all day long. They're taking big chances. And to acknowledge them is really important. Yeah, I'm thinking with today's climate, for the, for the holidays, we're approaching holiday season very quickly. And for Christmas, I usually give a card to the mailman. And talking to you, it sounds like I, I need to thank them in advance for 
the long nights ahead of them in this election cycle. That would be something. That would be great. <laughs> you know, honestly, honestly, because that's it. Because it, before it get, actually, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. It's a time to be thankful. That would mm-hmm. be an appropriate time to write to the mailman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, going back to Lulu in the past, I remember, I think the term is scripting, but you could probably give me a clearer explanation of it, where I would write out something I would want. So if it was a romantic interest, you know, what were the things I wrote out? And it was, and then I forgot about the letter. And so it was always interesting not being attached to that letter of actually seeing that manifest. And I wanted to ask you, because we have the leader of the free world who's going through some transitions himself, that how important would it be if they received heartfelt letters from people around the globe, you know, wishing for a speedy recovery? Very, very important. I mean, that that's it. The short version is very, very important because they've got to be in a mental space where they feel empowered to heal. And if they receive all these well wishes from everywhere, they're, they're more fully empowered to heal. There's a vibration in those well wishes that manifests and, and it multiplies with the more of that you have. It's like prayer has power the same way. So well wishes multiplied makes a person empowered to heal. Mm-hmm. And the, the other side of that was the military. I know some schools, for at least in elementary school, the, the class will write letters to a military base. And we always get, in my experience, just the feedback from the soldiers because <laughs> they never, you know, they're in harm, putting themselves in harm's way and sometimes they feel underappreciated. So to receive these letters from strangers goes a long way as well. Right. When it gets to be around Veterans Day each year, a lot of the libraries, at least in previous years, have had events where they pull people together for a letter writing day for the military. Mm. And I participated in one of those at one time, and it was very powerful. They had people of all ages there, and you know whether they were coloring pictures or writing messages or doing note cards, I was sitting there writing heartfelt handwritten letters, of course. You know, um, they got these, you know, for me, they got long letters, but they got these wonderful, good, positive wishes of, and, you know, feelings of support for their efforts from all of these people. And yeah, powerful, really powerful, tangible, again, tangible, like a letter. But let me, while I'm talking, thinking about military, I'd like to mention that if you're writing a, a heartfelt letter to a military service member at any time of the year, they, if they're out in the field, uh, they can't always hang on to a letter like that. So an idea there, they, they sometimes do get email. You could put your letter in an email, but you could also make it in a letter form on hard copy and say, I'm going to save this for you for when you come home. Mm. Uh, and, and that will be there for you. And that'll, that'll take some pressure off, and it will make them feel extra, extra special, too. But they can refer to that email from time to time. So, so that's something portable in the field that they can do. You're also putting it in the future tense where they, some, if they're out there and, and they're not appreciated, may, may feel, I don't have anything to come home to. You know, now there's that added desire. So That's true. 
yeah, the, the support for what you're doing and the gratitude for when you're going to come home and how special that's going to be. Mm-hmm. You know, even aside from the military, if I may, there I heard a story about, a, I think it was like a 12-year-old boy. Mm-hmm. No, I'm sorry, teen, a little bit, little somewhere through the teens. And he was con- contemplating suicide, but it happened that one day his dad had slipped a letter into him with his lunch. And in that letter, his dad told him how proud he was of him and what a wonderful young man he had become. Hmm. The the boy did not commit suicide. That letter kept him alive. Mm-hmm. No, I, mm, I love that part. It's kind of, um, I lost my one of my sisters four years ago to mm-hmm. that. So, and, right. and, she, and that's one of the hard parts of families that don't receive a letter from them. And you're like, mm-hmm. what could I have done? And, you know, yeah, maybe regret. that regret. Yeah. And I, I think what you, what I'm also hearing is, um, and for psychologists, I think they're going to be busy for the next 10 to 15 years. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> as we unpack this, but as adults, okay, we may be able to freely express how we feel. or may not, but to the younger children, how, I mean, do they have an outlet to express that? And if there is that isolation, um, maybe these letters, maybe to a fellow classmate, may be an opportunity for them to get those emotions out. And like you said, you don't know. His father, when he wrote that letter, didn't think his son was contemplating that. You just never know. Right, right. Exactly. I think that'd be great mm-hmm. to write to the people you appreciate, mm-hmm. regardless of age. Just write to them and tell them. Uh, it's so important. So from your son doing that and for you in the copywriting world and what have you, the argument would be, well, yes, you and you do this all day and I want to do it and I know it's going to be a SFD, but I really am having writer's block. Are, are there certain tricks or strategies or templates that someone that's not used to writing letters can use by working with you? Yes, and they don't even have to work with me. I'm going to tell you right now. All right, Perfect. here are the five the five elements of a heartfelt letter. Okay. Start with a shared memory you both treasure. Just describe it. And oh, by the way, you talked about writer's block. I'll get here right now. Go ahead and dictate your letter. Speak it. Pretend the person is across the table from you and just speak it. Record yourself. Jot it down later if you want to. Um, but just speak it or write it as if you're speaking. And just relax, just speak. So start with recounting a shared memory you both treasure. Then go on and talk about the person's most admirable qualities. Maybe give a couple of examples in action, you know. Then talk about the positive difference this person has made in your life or in the lives of others. Then say thank you, love, or whatever, and sign it by hand. Was that hard? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> no, very, very easy. Now, if you're still lacking in self-confidence about writing, of course, again, it's your SFD. You go back and you rewrite it. And then when it's become your best effort, find a good friend, someone you trust or a relative who isn't the person you're writing to that at least knows spelling and a little bit about grammar and won't try to rewrite your letter, but will just try to take the embarrassing mistakes out of it. And that can then become 
the, the seeds of your final draft where you're writing it on the nice paper or you're printing it on the nice paper if it's on the computer. Mm-hmm. That's it. So easy. Now, going back to school, I'm thinking of the the question that Julie asked of who would you have dinner with if it was anyone in the world? And I'm thinking about these gratitude letters to uh, someone in the past. Or what if you write a gratitude letter to yourself 10 years from now? I think that there's no limit to these gratitude letters. That's true. That's true. I think, yeah, they're timeless. They are timeless. You can do any of those things. I think that's wonderfully inspired. Mm. Now, it sounds like it could be a snowball effect, right? Like you get really, it, it seems like a muscle. And before there's atrophy and you don't know what you're doing, but it sounds like a routine that could have a lot of benefit to yourself. And then it, it, it makes me think of that pay it forward where yeah. you're starting to get letters from just a worldwide phenomena and also international pen pals, right? Especially today. Yes. What's, what, what's it like going through the pandemic in your country versus, or in your state? Cause it varies in the states here. So mm-hmm. these gratitude letters could be, you know, uh, just feedback to reaching out to other people. Cause there is a lot of isolation. There is, there is. So, so you can have pen pal type letters, or you can have gratitude letters, or they can be a mixture. You know, if with a gratitude letter, you generally know who you're writing to, not a stranger. Mm-hmm. And you've had a relationship with them so that you can comment about that relationship and what a difference it's made. Um, you can have a pen pal letter, you know, with somebody in another country and share experiences, and that that's a whole different thing. But in those letters, I can see that you would give each other hope for the future and, you know, try to keep each other's morale up. That would be where I'd see the gratitude coming in in a way. Um, yeah, that's it. So what about if we wrote it to the past? Like if you wrote it to, uh, like for me doing great, uh, great, 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 great grandma in like 1785. Uh, I'm thinking of the, one of my favorite movies is Coco. I don't, I don't know if you've seen oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Love it. Right? So it's like, we're only around for a blip on this blue marble, right? And so Uh (laughs) to write, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if that energy comes through or how you feel about it. Like, oh, well, that was Aunt Gladys that told me that this book, and she's finally happy that you're writing this book. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I I just finished writing a a, a, uh, a piece. I have a little binder called Lynette's Vignettes, and in it I just write little stories about things that I think have been important to me that might be important to our son someday to know about me. Mm-hmm. Um, he's welcome to read it ahead of time, but just little things. And, and one of the things I did the other day was I wrote a, an article uh, that I'm going to be calling five miracles in a rocking chair. Um, just a rocking chair. My mom bought in 1960 little I'm not going to, too deep, but in the course of refurbishing this rocking chair, relationships were built, marriages happened, um, deep, deep, meaningful symbolism came in to me uh, from departed loved ones, and it was 
this was a 60-year saga that I wrote about. It was just so meaningful to me. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what, what you said that prompted that, but it made me want to share. <laughs> sure. No, just an appreciation for the ancestors. Oh, oh, oh ancestors. Right, absolutely. Well, my, my aunt-in-law, my mother, they both came into this very strongly. And my mom died in 1993. Mm-hmm. My aunt-in-law died in 2003. Mm-hmm. But I felt their support along the way. Mm-hmm. Very meaningful. And uh, I, I, yeah, anyway, butterflies. I like <laughs> butterflies. And I like, to, I like to believe that sometimes butterflies are there to, and that our, our, the souls of our ancestors are hitching a ride just to drop by and say hi. Sometimes I like to believe that. And, uh, absolutely. I'm Absolutely. not there to convince anybody else, but, but butterflies have quite a symbology in my life in that mm. respect, and they played a large part with this rocking chair story. I so love it. That's all I'm going to say about that. Sure, sure. No, <laughs> no I love it, but I think, I think the other part is, let's just say maybe a generation ago, this is what you were doing in a bubble. And now we do, you know, depending on, I mean, there's good and bad. So with the good of social media, you can have groups where people are sharing these types of stories. And I was just wondering from the good aspect, have you seen that or or were you thinking about doing like a a Facebook group that talks about, you know, treasured letters, having gratitude and what have you? I have a Facebook page and I have a website, but I'm not more deeply into social media than that, to be honest. The Facebook page is just, to, you know, a place to post things that are relevant to this life purpose from time to time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to start a group or anything. It's trying to keep my life a little bit simple at this point. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know what, and I, and I think that's probably the biggest takeaway for me for 2020 is that uh, the luxury of time and having these going through these changes uh, I've gotten more out of it by keeping it really simple maybe taking some time off to gasp turn off the electronics, which I never thought I could do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've been reading Edgar Rice Burroughs, like the guy that wrote the Tarzan books and some, the lost world. I've been been reading Edgar Rice Burroughs. Go figure. Wow. (laughs) Now, would you write Etsy? Perfect. So would you write Edgar a thank you letter of just being reintroduced to his, his uh, portfolio? Yes. That would be ever so perfect. And, and so if I write that letter, let's suppose that he was an ancestor, all right? And I wrote that letter to him, and I said, by the way, you are a fantastic writer, and here's why. Mm-hmm. And I went, how do I want to get that word to him, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. He's dead. Well, and this, this comes into just, you know, you're, you see Santa's ancestors when you're, you say, oh, my gosh, if only I had remembered to tell her or tell him, this mm-hmm. is, but now it's too late. So it's someone you knew but has passed along. This still applies, Edgar mm-hmm. Rice Burroughs or this person who passed away before you got to thank them. Write the letter anyway. Go to a – create an environment, whether it's a room with candles lit or whether you're by a mountain stream or on the beach at sunset. Decide the environment in which you want to read this letter aloud. And then go ahead, read that letter. And then make a decision on how public is that letter supposed to be. Suppose that you had a spouse who died and you um, 
you had a very personal letter that you read aloud. You don't want any other relative, maybe, to read the contents of that letter because it was too highly personal. So what do you do? Well, you can burn the letter. You can bury it. Um, you know, do something with a degree of ceremony to make sure no one else ever finds it. You can shred it and let the pieces go down the stream to the ocean or put them into the ocean waves and let the, let the ocean wash it away. Or if it's a letter that you think would be of benefit to the children, the descendants of that ancestor or somebody, or if you just want to save it, if it's like your spouse, that's okay. But save it, you know, in a public way to your family so they get to know more about their ancestor mm-hmm. someday. And it can become a part of family legacy in that way. Mm-hmm. So just do this, deliver the letter with a degree of ceremony to the deceased person, however that is appropriate to you, and then cre- decide what happens to the letter afterwards, depending on its content, public or private, how private, how public. Now, when we're talking about degrees of ceremonies, and you kind of alluded to it a little bit about altars and what have you, what, how, what's the is there an importance to, as you said, reading aloud that letter versus reading it silently? Words have power. They get the attention of the departed person that you're writing to. That soul wakes up and says, what? Oh, hey, let me tune in here. Mm -hmm. That's another belief that I don't have to convince you of or anybody else, but it's a belief I have. I believe mm-hmm. words have power. Well, remember back how I was inspired to write this letter? Right. Where I, I had never spoken to anyone about it, but I'd been thinking about it for a year and a half. Mm. And then she happened to mention this, and I happened to say what I did out loud, and that voice happened to come and said, well, now that you finally asked, here you go. <laughs> It'll be written by next August 15th. <laughs> words have power. The first time it was ever spoken. That's when the answer came to me. So are you saying saying on the other side, they don't have present, past, and future, so they weren't patiently waiting, looking at the watch every 10 years to say, we're waiting on you to write this letter? (laughs) No, not at all. That's timelessness. You know, time is just a convenience of humankind and earthly existence. Everywhere else, there's no time. There's Mm. no past, present, future. Mm. There just is now. So you're saying our ancestors aren't wearing Fitbits either, then they're not measuring their heart rates. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> they don't give a darn. That's not an important thing to that light, you know, that soul that has become light. <laughs> sure, I, I'm just being silly. I'm being silly. I know, and so am I. <laughs> well, so, not, no, I'm serious, but I know you're being silly. <laughs> right. Well, with, with your, it sounds like a, a combination of writing the heartfelt letters and also doing the copywriting. And so I wanted to talk about uh, your site and obviously the book, because I think there's a lot of uh, good messages and stories in there to get a person into the, the realm of heartfelt letters. But would that lead to something else? Does that lead to, for people reading the book, do, do they reach out to you to learn more about copywriting or Uh, What you do more so day-to-day, is there a combination or are those separate? They're 
they're essentially separate. I'll tell you, allmybest.com is the website I use for my career, which is copy editing and proofreading, and only for book authors. Mm-hmm. So that that's it. That's a limit. It's a niche. Um, I copy edit their book manuscripts, and I proofread their PDF book layouts when the time comes to find layout errors and also to read it one last time to get rid of the embarrassing lingering errors that still made it through to that stage. So those are the things I do professionally. Um, Again, just for book authors, well, book publishers, but working on book authors' manuscripts. (laughs) And good ways to write is the one we've been talking about today. Goodwaystowrite.com. That's the focus. That website is for people who are writing letters of appreciation. It also happens to be where I, you know, I have written actually two books. You know, the one that we've talked about, how to write heartfelt letters to treasure. But I've also uh, that's the website where they can find a book that relates to the um, my career because. Mm-hmm. That, in other words, it's my sales website. It, it, that's that's the one that does the e-commerce. Sure. So that other book is is kind of strange. If there are any book authors out there listening, get a load of this title. It's got to be the world's most boring title. 80 Common Layout Errors to Flag When Proofreading Book Interiors. <laughs> it's just a 40-page handbook, but it's great. Um, but talking about how to write heartfelt letters to treasure, now that's the one. It's it's available, by the way, on all major online retailers. And, and uh, it's got descriptions about types of occasions that you'll find on the calendar, you know, like birthdays and Hanukkah and Christmas and Thanksgiving and all of that, Valentine's Day. But it also talks about occasions you make special, such as when someone is just special enough to write to and acknowledge them, or let's say when they're going to graduate from high school or they're at a bar mitzvah or a quinceañeras or, 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 you know, engagement, marriage, all of those things, all of those are in there as, as opportunities to write letters. And each one of them, it asks prompting questions about what you might want to include in the letter that will get you going. It also has a really powerful index with, I'm sorry, an appendix with 15 demographic lists of the most powerful positive words for different people, such as a military service member, a middle-aged woman, a teen boy, and so on. So you can go to those if you're having trouble thinking, well, I know the person's great, but I can't think how to describe them. Well, go to the list, you know, find some. Mm -hmm. And um, then write about those. Uh, It's got another appendix that talks that if you're really still stuck, it has a lot of sentence beginnings. It jump starts to your letter. In effect, mm. so you can go there by different themes, and it will jumpstart the beginning of a sentence. And you, oh, well, I can finish that, you know, and it gets you rolling. So lots of good things in the appendix, um, quotations to begin or end your letter with, such as feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. Mm. William Arthur Ward said that. So there's a whole bunch of themed 
quotations in the back as well. So all of those are on goodwaystowrite.com. I say all of those. The information relating to writing the letters is on that website. And more information about the book is on that website as well. Awesome. Now, last question. I was thinking about how my mother used to always play her, you know, her favorite music, but at the time to us, it was old timey music, right? And mm-hmm. when we were doing the weekend cleaning and what have you, but now as an adult, there's an appreciation for, you know, this, all these different genres of music and writing letters seems really personal, but is this something that a family could do together? And as kids, they're going to be begrudgingly writing, but it maybe lead to something that they do as they become adults. Yes, they could and they should. They should. If they can get used to the idea of putting something in writing, age appropriate, length appropriate to the age, uh, for another family member, suppose you all exchange names or just, you know, today write to one of our family members. We'll all do this and you pick your own family member. Mm -hmm. And next week or next month, we'll write to a different family member. And so everybody eventually has written letters to one another within the family, which is really cool. And then after that, you go go ahead and get the the uh, the grandparents, you know, and so on, or the the cousins. Uh, just expand it and expand it. Can you see that growing? Uh, all of those wonderful letters of appreciation. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, Thanksgiving is great, and then there's others like I'm glad we only see you on Thanksgiving and Christmas. And so it, it seems like an exercise, it, it reminds me of debate class where you had to be objective in one week, you have one position, then the other, you have the opposing view. <laughs> and it's like, oh, I don't want to write to cousin so-and-so, I really don't like her. But having this exercise could, you know, you can only talk about the positive. So it That's probably right. gives That's you a greater, rule. yeah. That's the rule. So it seems like a greater appreciation for people that, maybe a challenge to, or you would be the last person you would write to, maybe the first person you write to. Yeah, well, you mentioned songs a minute ago, with that old, old, old one that was even before my time as well, accentuate the positive, decentuate mm. the negative, something mm. like that. There's a song like that from the 1940s. <laughs> okay, and uh, that's the point with these letters. You know, there's no place in these letters for finger pointing. No, no. place. I'm a little disappointed because it sounded like there was a little lilt that you were going to sing for us. And then you stopped. No, I well, it was in the forties before I was born. I don't know the tune. I just know the words. Some of us. <laughs> Cause you know, my mom probably sang it while she was doing the dishes and I was drying, but I don't remember all those words. However, we did sing together while doing dishes. Oh, when the saints go marching in and that one. So, we could do that. There we go. <laughs> well, let me be the first to say that I appreciate you and I express gratitude for the hour you spent with with myself and for the audience and just highlighting all the good ways to write and heartfelt letters to appreciate those around you. Well, thank you so much. And Hamza, I appreciate you too. I well, appreciate all that you do. Well, you have just been in tune to another episode of Intrinsic Motivation from a Homie's Perspective. This is Hamza Lynette. It was a pleasure, and let's stay in touch. Thank you so much. I enjoyed visiting with you and your listeners. Thank you.